You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. As a result of testosterone, men are more lateral brain, according to what I read, using only one side of the brain at a time, predominantly the left side. Women are more bilateral, but predominantly right brain, which makes them more sensitive to sound and sight. And as a result, humanly speaking, biologically, men generally basically can live in one room at a time. But women, generally speaking, can multitask. I'm like, no, well, let's deal with this right here first, and then we'll go to the next room. As controversial as it's become to say that men and women are different, the science behind such a claim is still standing strong. While the differences can definitely complement each other, they can also be just as much of a detriment due to the fall. In today's message, Pastor Denny reflects on many of the differences between men and women in light of our fallen state. In his study, you'll gain some helpful insights as to why the two are so different and how to view them as strengths rather than weaknesses. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24 with today's edition of The Living Word. When we're united with Christ, you'll never, ever as a Christian say, I wish I could go back and be married to the person I was married to. No, you're going to be much happier. (laughs) Believe me. And everything about it is going to be better. And the earthly, physical relationship between a husband and wife is meant to represent What we as Christians have yet to experience, we've never experienced the honeymoon. We're not joined. Technically speaking, we're betrothed. And thank God we'll never get a Dear John letter from Jesus. But back in 1 Peter now, again, the context here, a wordless witness. And to be a wordless witness for the wife, God's called the wife to be submissive to the husband as the church is called to be submissive to Christ. A life marked by purity and reverence. That's what we read, purity and reverence. Reverence just means respect. Now, here's the deal, ladies. He might not be worthy of respect, especially if he doesn't believe the word. So what do I do if he's not worthy of my respect? The same thing Christ did in his suffering, suffering for us when we're not worthy, worthy of it. You treat him with respect even though he doesn't deserve it. Treat him with respect. A third thing that we read is the beauty for a godly wife and a godly woman is to go beyond skin deep. Let me give you this verse. I'm going to read it. You just write it down if you'd like to. Proverbs 31, verse 30. Here's what it says. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You can only cake the makeup on so thick. You can only have so many facelifts. And God's saying, look, let your beauty be beauty that is lasting, that's eternal. 
Because this present outward stuff, it's not going to last. And that's not the beauty that has the greatest value. I love the story of Jacob and Leah. Jacob and Leah, but the first one that Jacob fell in love with was named Rachel. By the way, uh, if it's helpful for you or somebody else, I'm not trying to promote my stuff, but my wife and I put together this a few years ago. It's called Learning to Love by Faith. It's our marriage testimony. It's based on the story uh, in Genesis of Jacob and his relationship with Rachel and his relationship with a woman named Leah. He met Rachel. He fell head over heels in love with Rachel. It was like love at first sight. And physically speaking, Rachel was more attractive than Leah. But when Jacob, at the end of his life, gives instructions to his children and makes them promise where he's to be buried, he says, you promise me that you bury me with Leah. And if you read the whole story, you realize that even though Rachel was more physically attractive, she had some spiritual issues. She wasn't a real spiritual woman. And over time, Jacob became more attracted to Leah than he was to Rachel. That says something. That's what God's saying through the pen of Peter here. Beauty should come first and foremost from the inner, not the outer. And then we read the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Ladies, we're getting ready to shift to the guys, all right? Equal opportunity here, equal time. But before we shift to the guys... Let me read you a few Proverbs. Proverbs 19, verse 13. Please don't throw anything at me. I didn't write it. <laughs> a foolish son is his father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Proverbs 21, 9. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. So if he's on the roof, that might be a clue. <laughs> Proverbs 25, 24. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. That's what Solomon wrote just in Proverbs 21, 9. Why did he say it twice? He had 700 wives. <laughs> There's a lot of them like this. Let me give you one more. Proverbs 27, 15. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. Moving right along. <laughs> You're her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. What might the fear be? Oh, my goodness, the fear of actually doing what God said and being submissive and showing respect to him even though he doesn't deserve it. The fear of what are other women going to say, especially in a culture that's moving away from the biblical design and the biblical instructions for a godly marriage. What are the other ladies going to say about you if you do this? Hey, what about the fear of where my clueless husband's going to lead us if I let him lead? Mentioned Sarah, married to Abraham. Genesis 12 and Genesis 20. Twice, without God's leading, Abraham led his family down to Egypt, and both times he got in trouble. And once they got down there, here's what Abraham said to his wife. Hey, the king of the land, uh, he's going to see that you're a beautiful woman. He's going to kill me and take you into his harem. So say you're my sister. Lie. And Sarah lied for him. That was not God's will. Hey, ladies, submitting to him doesn't mean you lie for him. Doesn't mean you sin to submit to him. No, you got a greater authority if he's telling you to sin. No, don't go there. Now, husbands. Here, only one verse for the husbands. I think one of the reasons is we can't handle a whole lot at one time. 
In the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Respect. Uh, one translation translates that, treat them with honor. Honor. And that's really the word there. It means to esteem them highly. It means to uh, esteem them as something very valuable. That's why I still use uh, in wedding ceremonies that I officiate, I say at one point, uh, and do you promise to love and to cherish her, to cherish her, as long as you both shall live, to cherish her, because that's the idea. Early on in my marriage, and I did not know I was doing it, and sometimes we're just clueless, guys. We don't know. I, was, I didn't realize it. Tanner was a toddler. And uh, Wendy, after she had had enough of it, uh, and she, she lovingly, <laughs> lovingly and pointedly told me that when Tanner, as a toddler, would call me, Daddy, I would immediately respond. Immediately. No delay. I'd be watching a football game, and he'd come in. He'd call me, Daddy. I'd, hey, mute. Wendy would call me. I'm watching a football game. Once. Twice. Three times. Danny, did you hear me? Tanner calls me immediately. I'm there. You know what was happening? I was making my son, now don't misunderstand, but I was making my son more valuable than my wife. Don't misunderstand. Are we to love both? Absolutely, of course. But listen, the foundation of the home, biblically, is to be the husband and the wife. And if you let the children become the center and the foundation, it'll affect your relationship as husband and wife negatively. You make sure those kids don't come in between you and your wife. She is to feel like she is the most valued person, the most valuable person in that family. Again, don't misunderstand. You love the kids? Yes. But the foundation of our home has to be the relationship between me and my wife. By the way, my wife's here today. You can ask her if she feels valuable now. And then let me know what she says. <laughs> if it's bad, don't let me know right away. Could you wait till Tuesday? That way we can go diving tomorrow and I can have a good day and not have to think about it. By the way, stand up, Wendy, so they know which person to come to. Dan, where's Wendy? Where is she? Come on. Come on, be submissive and stand up. There's a test, isn't it? There's a test. Pray for my wife, too. I thought our marriage was doing better than this. I'll give you a second chance. Now, that was funny, wasn't it? Be considerate. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner. That's not a slam. It just means feminine, feminine. You know what God said to Adam and Eve after they sinned in the Garden of Eden? He comes and they're hiding and trying to cover themselves with fig leaves. And um, he asked them both questions and they both try to pass the buck. What's this you have done, Adam? Well, the woman you gave me. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying that one today, aren't we? The woman you gave me, not only blaming the wife, but blaming God. If you'd have given me a different woman, this would have never happen. And he says to the woman, what's this you have done? The serpent deceived me and I ate. And here's what he said as a consequence of the fall of man. Here's the first thing affected the marriage relationship. Verse 16 of chapter 3, to the woman he said, I'll greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you'll give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will 
rule over you. That is a negative consequence because everything there are negative consequences in relation to sin now that's come into the world and affected the human race and the world. And the first thing affected is the marriage relationship. Your desire will be for your husband. It was already God's design before sin that the husband be the head of the wife as Christ to be the head of the church. To love her and to cherish her as Christ loves the church. That was God's design. Design didn't change after sin. What happened, though, is now you have a sin nature. And God said to Eve, your desire will be for your husband. You're going to naturally, because of sin, want to be independent and not submit to him, especially when he's a bonehead. And he will rule over you. And the natural tendency now is for the man to rule over his wife. I've, I can count them on probably these three fingers, couples that I've met over the years where the wife could beat the husband up. And if you're one of those couples, I would say to the husband, start working out. Because one day she's going to beat the pulp out of you. And you probably deserve it. The old King James Version says, husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, and that's our problem. Not only do women not understand men, but especially men don't understand women. And if we did, hopefully we'd be a little different. So let me help us out here. There was uh, a fellow once thinking about how sailors referred to ships uh, as she and her. And so he wondered what gender computers might be addressed. And so he got together two groups of people, computer experts. Uh, one comprised just of women and the other comprised just of men. Each group was asked to recommend whether computers should be referred to in the feminine or the masculine gender. And they were to give four reasons uh, for their conclusions. The women said that Computers should be referred to in the masculine gender, uh, and here are the reasons. Number one, in order to get their attention, you have to turn them on. <laughs> my wife knows how to get my attention. Do I need to say any more? Honey. They have a lot of data, but are still clueless. Their third reason that computers should be referred to in the masculine gender is they're supposed to help solve problems, but half the time they are the problem. <laughs> and you're going to really love number four. Number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize that if you had waited a little longer, you could have had a better model. Well, the guys got together, and uh, they said computers should be referred to in the feminine gender uh, for these reasons. Number one, no one but the creator understands their internal <laughs> logic. Uh, number two, the native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. <laughs> number three, even your smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory for later retrieval. Ladies, write down 1 Corinthians 13, because in there it tells us that the love a Christian should have and express in life, including in marriage, love keeps no record of wrongs. 
And number four, the guy said computers should be referred to in the feminine gender because as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck on accessories for it. <laughs> now, in just a minute, I'm going to give you some interesting and hopefully helpful facts. Men naturally don't understand the needs of women, and even when they do, they can't relate to them, so, they need, uh, so sometimes they ignore them. And sometimes without even knowing it. A man may go on for years uh, always doing the same things, thinking his wife is enjoying the journey as much as he is. Let me tell you some things practically that I've learned about my wife. My wife does not get excited about fishing. <laughs> my wife could care less if I sold the boat tomorrow. Now, you try to wrap your head around that kind of logic. <laughs> My, my mind just won't go there. My wife, listen carefully, she loves pillows. Last night, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. I try to wait and get her up there first because she's the one taking all the pillows off the bed to get to the practical pillows that serve the purpose of you laying your head on and sleeping. And for years, that's all I had, one pillow. But last night I had to get all the nice looking pillows and put them over and then I get down to the practical pillow. But my, she loves pillows. I lived for years without them. My wife can appreciate on a trip conquering the road. We're going to leave it this time and we're going to break the record. We're going to get there faster than we did last time we went. My wife takes no pride. Try to grab this now. No pride in not asking for directions. I don't need to ask directions. We'll get there. I can, I'll find it one day. My wife has a need, a need to talk. She, I, I already knew she had a gift for it. I didn't know she had a need. My wife does not enjoy burping contests, especially at the table. She doesn't appreciate flatulation. She doesn't enjoy cops. She never sits down and watch cops with me. I'll come home on a Saturday night, and from 8 to 9, I, I watch cops. She doesn't watch UFC. I know some of you guys are blessed to have wives that will sit down and watch a UFC fight with you. My wife, I could go on. I think I'll stop. Um, I, my wife... She does not have the same sexual drive. I don't understand. I just don't understand. You know, there are physiological differences. I mean, you forget the sin nature for a minute. Forget the fact of the fall of men. Forget all that. All right, just some physiological differences. Women have two X chromosomes. I don't even know what this means. Men have an X and a Y. I guess we needed an extra one or a different one. Women have four-fifths of a gallon of blood in their body while men have 1.5 gallons. That's why, generally speaking, men can work longer and harder because God's made them that way. Women deteriorate 2% every 10 years. Men, 10%. and increases significantly for men after age 40. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> I'm going downhill a lot faster than she is. 
Uh, for women, 20% body weight is muscle, while for men, 40% is muscle. That's why, generally speaking, it's easier for men to lose weight. Get this. Men's bones are heavier. Their skulls are thicker. <laughs> I bet that's surprising. We're almost done. They've done tests. They put subliminal messages on a screen and they ask men and women to write down what they see. And while women are writing, men are going, did you see that? What was it? As a result of testosterone, men are more lateral brain, according to what I read, using only one side of the brain at a time, predominantly the left side. Women are more bilateral, but predominantly right brain, which makes them more sensitive to sound and sight. And as a result, Humanly speaking, biologically, men generally basically can live in one room at a time. But women, generally speaking, can multitask. I'm like, no, let's deal with this right here first, and then we'll go to the next room. They wired microphones. This is so interesting. They wired microphones to girls and boys ages two to four years old, and they recorded sounds they made. 100% of the girls' sounds had something to do with conversation while only 60% with the boys. 40% of the noises boys made were non-language sounds. <laughs> hey, don't leave. Don't leave. I'm coming back. Don't leave. I'm telling you. My girl, Audra, when she was a toddler, my wife and I agreed that when all the four of our children could swim, we're going to refinance the house, tear down the porch in the back, and build a pool. One of the best investments we ever made. They used that pool when they were younger pretty much every single day. One day, my wife and I are in the kitchen, and we hear a conversation going on out in the patio out by the pool. And we're thinking, who in the world's out there? And we peeked around, and it was Audra by herself having a conversation. She had this imaginary friend. Audra, I forget what your imaginary friend's name was, but for years she had this imaginary friend. She'd be in a room, and we hear conversation. We're like, who in the world is in the room with Audra? Nobody. But she's talking because she has a need. Men are more made to be warriors. That's why when you go on a long trip, generally speaking, the guy, he don't want to stop for potty. I mean, bring a jar. And if you do have to go, go quick. And bring the burger in the car. We'll eat in the car because we're going to conquer. We're going to beat our time. I think I'm done. Listen, just the natural biological differences between men and women make even a Christian marriage a challenge. Are you with me? Add sin to the mix. And we need the Lord. And we need the manual. Our challenge is really not so much knowing what to do, even though hopefully some of us have learned some practical things about the differences between men and women. But usually our problem is not knowing what to do. It's doing what we know. You know what some of us need to do? You're in an unholy relationship, and you need to make the relationship holy. And if you can't take the step and make it holy, then psh, at least purify it. Purify it. That'll, that'll make it holy. Some of us need to consider 
matrimony. Now, don't just jump into it. I'd get some godly counsel first. My wife wrote one of the greatest counseling letters to a lady years ago, and I've never forgotten the statement she made in it. Better to be single and lonely than married and miserable. Absolutely true. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You're welcome to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Danny by visiting our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We also encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest messages and videos from Calvary Chapel Fellowship, the church behind this ministry. If you're ever in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would love to meet you in person. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. If you're unable to visit us in person, no worries. We also offer live stream services. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series in the book of 1 Peter, our prayer is that you're finding a newfound appreciation for who Jesus is and how your life should reflect Him. 1 Peter is full of practical wisdom to help guide you as you grow in your faith, and we hope that this message has empowered you to live a life after that of Jesus. After all, He is the best way. The goal of this ministry is teaching the Word and reaching the world. We trust that the living Word is speaking to many and pray that lives would be changed. Well, that's all we have for today. Tune in next time to hear Pastor Danny continue to teach through the book of 1 Peter right here on The Living Word.